This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Okay, uh, good afternoon. Well, good evening. The, um, so we, we had finished last time the, uh, the, the, the morale on the... Uh, Loshen, the Ayin Loshen of Yosef Atzadik that the Malach taught him and, and all of that. I wanted to go off on a bit of a tangent because it's Arab Shavuos and I felt that it would be appropriate. So basically, the, the whole discussion here was about the, the, the significance of Paro speaking Ayin Loshen, Yosef also speaking Ayin Loshen, Paro not being able to speak Loshen. We spoke about both those things the last few weeks. Um, I want to say something. I, I, many times I've heard a lot of these points in this chazal from my Rebbe Moshe Shapiro. It was very, very, um, he would commonly quote, mention, speak about this. It's, it's a medrash in the beginning of um, Parashas Dvarim. So Dvarim is uh, a section of the Chumash that is about Diburim. Ela Dvarim Shadim Moshe and so on. So the matter starts off with a discussion about whether you're allowed to write Torah in other languages, um, in Greek or any other language. The, um, it says, Sifatari written in any language, Ramamil says, only Ivanis. And, the, the, um, and then the, the Medrash adds, a sort of observation on this point of being able to write it in any Lashon or in Yavanis. The Lashon of Torah is very, very special. Um, it heals the tongue. It says, The tree of life heals the Lashon. And Eitzchayim refers to Teir, like it says Eitzchayim The Loshen of Teir is Matir the Loshen. Very, very cryptic. It's not clear what does it mean. The Loshen of Torah is Matir the Loshen. Um, it sounds like it's Matir to write it in any Loshen, but it, it doesn't really, really um, help us understand why. Another explanation of the word means it loosens the tongue. It allows the tongue to speak freely. It, 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 it gives license to the tongue, which also leaves us in the dark as to what is that we're referring to. Now, the Medrash brings a riot to this. Is going to bring all sorts of wonderful trees from Gan Eden. What's wonderful about these trees? They heal the tongue. And then it brings a psukim. It says, the, the, the fruit will be eaten. The olehu letrufa and the leaves are a medication. What kind of medication? So it's machlokes chad omakolshu ilim v'loiti menu. Any person who's mute 
and choose on some of these leaves of Torah. Lishono misrape metzatzim adibetera. So there's some sort of um, what's the right word for it? Some sort of illness plaguing the world's lashon, and Torah heals that. Cryptic. What are we talking about? And what is the healing? And so on. And finally, the last piece that, that that's important. Yeah, the, the the last piece of this piska. Why do you have to go out to Mishle um, to learn this? We can learn it right over here. Moshe demurred and he said, I don't want to go on a mission because I'm not a man of words. As soon as um, his tongue was healed and he began to speak. All of a sudden, and here we have a whole chumash that's different. Moshe. So the, the, the terrorist is there's a difference between before Kabbalah Zatar and after Kabbalah Zatar. Before Kabbalah Zatar, Moshe was Loish Tvarim. After Kabbalah Zatar, That's the Florida matter. So basically, the matter is saying there's some sort of ailment that's ailing the world, and especially some sort of ailment on the tongue, and Torah uh, heals that, and we know that from some sukim uh, in, in Mishle, and from that Moshe went from being a to So what exactly are we talking about? And 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 I mean, what's the Pshadness Chazal here? So again, I, I can't say I'm, I'm, I'm saying over accurate or exactly, but these are pieces and things that Moshe spoke about many, many times, and it, 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 it certainly this is the this is the uh, the flow of it. It says that when a child is born, the Malach teaches him kola terikula, and um, and then before he leaves the world, before he leaves his womb to go into the world, it says the Gemara says the Malach touches him on his mouth, and he forgets all of Torah. So the old wives' tale is that it has to do with the with the cleft over here. It, it's, it's um, I assure you, even if you remove it, it still doesn't help. And it's not going to, not, not going to make you remember anything. It's, it's kind of a, you know, it's fine. It's, it's nice as old wives' tale. But the morale says that what makes the person forget Torah is the koach hadibur that he, that that he gets when he's born? A a, a, um, a fetus in the mother's womb is basically capable of physical all physical actions, and he sort of uh, moves around in some sense, sort of swims around in some sense of it. There's there's an intake of nutrients, there's output. You know there is a a um, all body functions are, are working. The power of speech, the Koch does not exist there. And therefore, and when he, as soon as he comes out, the first thing we anticipate is a sound. To, to make sure the baby is healthy, we want to hear a cry, a sound. And that's that's the announcement, so to speak, that he's coming to this world. So the moral says it's the Koch that makes him forget Torah. So let's understand what that is. 
when a, a person can think, and Ramal says this again many times, a person can think on two levels. A person can think in a vague, in a vague way, um, sort of it, it, its feelings and thoughts, not really put into words well. It's usually when we think about something, our first thought, our first idea is so vague that we really can't put it into words. And, and, uh, and then we have to process it and put it into words. Now, um, sometimes you have that feeling when you're in a dream and everything makes a lot of sense. And, and then when you wake up and you try to explain what was in the dream, and you find yourself really, really not being able to, because it doesn't make sense in any way that you can explain it. it you know, it, it, it's just, so while you were in the dream, there's a very strong sense of experiencing something and, and it, it feels like it's normal and so on. When you wake up, you usually have a hard time even putting into words because the level at which you dream is kind of a vague, stream of conscious it's it's a very it's not well formulated at all and we try to put the words you just can't get it you, you just can't put it out so the higher level of thought and understanding is not put into words easily or at all because words require a certain concreteness it, it, it it's, it's a way of concretizing something so when I when somebody is vague and not clear, I try to pin it down and say, spell it out clearly. Is it this or is it this? Um, and and it, as long as it's not quantified in words, as long as I can't define it in words, I, I, it's not some it's not knowledge or information that can function in our world at all. Our world is a very physical, clear world, and I need to be able to put it into words so that it, it can have meaning over here. So, so we have a balance over here. On the deeper level of thought and understanding, words do not exist. And if anything, and this is the point I wanna add, if anything, words hamper understanding. It's, it's it, it, a type of understanding where a person um, where a person needs to, 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 to translate it and to make it exact becomes a hindrance. It, it, um, it's just like great geniuses who had difficulties expressing themselves because they couldn't, their thoughts were way beyond the words. Then we have a, 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 a lower stage where we concretize those thoughts, we put them into words, and then they become function this world, but almost by definition, they're never quite true to the origin. It's a translation. And therefore, when a person has deep feelings and he expresses it in poetry or, or books or whatever it is, he always feels, I, I, I didn't quite express it well because it, it's, it's a translation. It's a translation from something that's that's sort of vague and and not at all given to quantification to something that needs words need to be words and sentences need to be formed and 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 paragraphs need to be constructed. You can't get out of that. So this is true of the divide 
between the Ruchnistika world and the Gashmistika world. The world that is Ruchnius is all HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's all beyond us. There are no words to describe that. And therefore, um, it remains up there. But we really, a human being has a very hard time being able to put into words. And that's why the Navi, when it describes his experiences, they sound surreal. They sound exotic. Our horses with stripes, red stripes, white stripes. It's, it's something that is really, really kind of beyond. That's the normal um, process of words and thought. So when the world was a world of uh, pre-Torah, so the only spiritual communication was through a dream. A Navi would have a dream, a vision, which is a surreal experience that really can't be quantified. It would be a bottom line, do this, don't do that. But the actual experience of it, and the actual feel of it is, is beyond. So the spiritual world and the physical world remain distinct. And that's why the Maral says, when Moshe Rabbeinu said, I'm not an ish devarim, then it means that he said it's not because it was a physical impairment, but it was an inability to capture the level at which Moshe Rabbeinu was in the spiritual world, did not allow for transcription into words. It, it just couldn't, you couldn't transcribe that into words. And therefore, he was kvad peh. The mouth is the word kvad peh means heavy mouth. The mouth was too heavy of an, of an instrument, too coarse, too, it's like, it's like trying to grab a grain of, of salt with, with an industrial sized plier. Uh, it's it, it just too thick and coarse. It doesn't have the refinement that you need an exquisitely thin and delicate instrument to be able to grab something of that size. When a control gave Torah to the world, not only is Torah a way of describing things, Torah are words. We actually have words that, that, that we can use. And when, we, and when we say the word Hashem, the way it's written, when we say the word Aleph Dalet, the way it's written, any of the words in the Torah are appropriate expressions of, of the Torah. And that's why one of the reasons why the Torah has such um, an infinite amount of combinations, all the gematrias and moving the letters and substituting letters and so on. And again, when it's done, when it's done appropriately, not that, not, not games people play, but when when Chazal and 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 you know the Kabbalim Rizal brings all these things, the reason why it works is it's 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 a chiddush in the Torah that even though finite objects have a finite amount of combination and and layout, uh, since Torah is an expression of the infinite. And it's and it's the expression that Akadosh Baruch Hu approved. It carries in itself an almost infinite amount of meanings. The, the characteristic of the words of Torah, the way they're written, is that an incredible amount of information is in it, because Akadosh Baruch Hu made this the natural language of the Ruchzitika world. So, the, the, getting the Torah doesn't only mean 
that we got the information that's conveyed through Torah, but we also got words to aptly describe it. And these words have kedusha in themselves because these words contain themselves a lot more than just a symbol to express something. The symbol itself in every possible way um, carries the same level of information as, as, as does the thoughts. We can, every thought can express itself. That's an incredible, um, that, that, that's an incredible uh, ability for something that's quasi-physical to express something much higher than it. That is the, the, the Chiddush, that's the Chiddush of Matan Torah, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu um, gave us the Diburim that would probably be a different Torah. It's one of the reasons, by the way, that there's a tremendous kapeda to, to learn Hebrew and to say the Torah in the original. In other words, translations are not, it's not only that they're somewhat unfaithful as any translation would be. But if we've translated from French to English, you lose something because French is different to English. But Torah to French or to English, you're not only losing something, you're losing, you're going from something which is an almost ruchnistic expression and can be used in many, many ways to, to understand Torah to something that's flat. And inevitably you're missing something. There's a, um, the Gemara says, the, the, the Gemara quotes sometimes, and Amora says over something from his Rebbe, and he uses the exact language, even though it's not, uh, um, it, 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 it's not of, of any consequence. Um, we use the exact case that it was given. We, we use it, even though it doesn't seem there's any nafkimina. The Gemara says, a person should be taifiz lashon you should learn to use the same language you're ever used because there's many times more in the language than you realize. Um, the, 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 uh, if you take a look uh, in the way the, the Mesoros and Halacha works, we have the Gemara. The Rif, will, the Rif who was the first posek, cut and pasted the Gemara and rarely added a comment unless absolutely necessary. He basically created a small a shas that has only the halacha parts of it and only put in comments when they're absolutely necessary. The Rambam takes the Lush and the Gemara verbatim, unless he feels he must add a point of clarification, but he'll take the cases of the Gemara exactly. He does not paraphrase. And if he does paraphrase, it's, it, it, it begs the question, why the Rambam feel the need to paraphrase it? The Shulchan Aruch takes the Lashon the Rambam, exactly, unless he disagrees with a point. But preserving the Lashon in Torah was always deemed to be very important because there's a quality in the Lashon of Torah, in the original Lashon of Torah, that allows for a lot more than, than the specific points that is in the overt meaning. The reason why all the different subtle meanings of, of, of the language, implied in the language, are true is because it's a language that can carry as many subtleties and so on as anything else. When, so when Adam is born, that's what Demaral says, when Adam is born, he forgot Torah because he can only think a language. And, 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 and in language, until Torah was given, there was nothing like that. 
the, all the languages, so we had Lashon Kodesh, which was a, a holy tongue. After the Dora Flogger, all the languages branched out and they became expressions of each culture. It lost almost any connection to something higher, something above. The Chiddush that the Chazal point out is, here is, since one can translate Torah into Greek or other languages, that means that now, from this point onwards, from when Torah was given and translations were allowed, it means that other languages carry in itself also this, this quality. And it, it, the 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 um, the of Lashon Kodesh was so powerful that even when translated, since it says Elad it says Ba'ayin Lashon Hoyel Moshe Rabbeinu, it translated. It means not only is the language itself, but when you bounce it off in a translation, it retains some aspect of it, and that's the Mar Peloshin. Moshe Rabbeinu himself, like we said before, the Maral, he was a kvad pair because he was so spiritual, so high, that he, he had no way on his own of expressing Torah thoughts in anything else. And this is and this is where he expressed it. So if we to ask ourselves, what is the great illness that plagued the world? The disconnect between Lushan to its root. Words mean um, what we want them to mean. So, for instance, let's take a simple example. The word justice, um, when a kid says, you know, I, I want justice administered, he's basically expressing a simple and primitive desire for revenge. Um, so the word justice has come to be something else. The the um, the ultimate in in, in like communists Nazis their the the way in which they were able to get their way a lot more a lot worse than than um, the violence they used the physical violence was the twisting of a language to create things that people would latch onto that were absolutely wrong and false and so on. And um, when, when you use force to coerce people to do what you want, you're, you're hurting their bodies. When you're twisting language, you're destroying people's souls. And, um, you know, because people latch onto slogans, people latch on to, to, to it. And instead of the thinking expressing itself in speech, the speech um, twists and and turns the thinking, and that becomes a horror in the world. So the mark of the world is was lashon, and that's a dorha flogger is is the ultimate. In in it it, it it meant seventy ways of describing justice, no two alike, and that's why you know people. It's it's one of the one of the things. That Americans, because they, they live in a bubble of their own, they never appreciate that there are other cultures that see other things differently. One of our fallacies is we think good government is the way we have it in America. And therefore, if any country that would have a Congress and a Senate with a president and, and, and chief justices and maybe toss in a county or two, they would be absolutely wonderful, blessed countries. 
they don't begin to understand that certain people understand government the way we do. And what we see as government, they look at it as being a mess and they like strong authority. That's their sense of government. The, the, the problem lies that the words mean different things in places because they're not coming from the same source. Um, people who learn Torah in whatever language, but since we're always applying it back to the Chumash, to the Gemara, to, to, to the Sfarim, even if it's in different cultures, it, it aims for the same idea. The idea is in Lashon Kaidish. One more piece I want to add to this is, it says, Valeu lo yibol. So um, the, the, um, the, the Gemara says in Sukkah, Valeu lo yibol means that that even the the common uh, common speech means no intention to teach Torah, but just the common speech between um, needs to be studied. And the Gemara brings different cases where in in a, in a, in a natural conversation, mundane conversation of a big person, we pick up a lot of a lot of important information. And this is all taken from the Pasik. Valeo means the leaves, even though the leaves don't seem to have um, any nutritional value, but they have life to them. Lo they don't, they're not, they don't wilt. They, 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 they carry life as well. What it means is a person whose dibur is appropriate. In other words, his dibur is a reflection of his inner self, his inner ruchnistic self. So not only when he intends to teach the Torah, does Torah come through, but even when his intention is to make small talk with somebody, that also comes across. Um, and, and, and the reason is because Torah has imprinted his Korachadibur, and therefore whatever he says and however he says it, and all these things um, make the big difference. Uh, and and it's sort of what we'd call a Freudian slip, is is a positive value by Tamir Chachamim, because everything that he says is coming f- a from from a pneumistic source that's good, but more important, his language really is an extension. It's his thoughts and his and his uh, uh, cognizance that forms the the words and not the other way around. The words don't shape his thinking. His thinking shapes his words. And that's why you, you have the, 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 the refuah of, 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 uh, of Dibur coming back to Dibur So um, one, so Shavuos, we were given the Torah, which on, you know, it, it means we were given the information, the understanding of what is, um, what is the truth and what's the ruchnius? But more than that, we were actually given a, a dictionary, a, 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 a vocabulary of words that accurately describe Akadosh Baruch Hu, Maimar Sinai, Vayir Alahar is an accurate description of Sinai. Those words are correct words. And however we will tease them, if as long as it's 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 al namita shatayra, the meaning we tease out will be true meaning. Same thing. And across the board, Divrei Torah, the Burm of Torah is, is what we got at Sinai. And, and that's part of, uh, and, and that's healing the world is when we have the Burm in the world, 
that are true to the source and and uh, functional in, in the world around us, which is the Korah Hadibur. Okay, so we should have uh, uh, and we should be Zohot Kabbalah Satira and get and get more of a, a refuah of our Dibur. And uh, hoping that this for all things, uh, there should be a host for people. It's, uh, I don't know, it's a very, you know, I, I, there, are, there are two people here from Israel. I see at least two people. Our Kosh Baruch should help that, that the situation should somehow um, dissipate a bit. Okay, I got him. Well, Chag Samer. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you, Trevor.